Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. It's good to be in Island Church this morning. Praise God. Thanks to Pastor Ryan and Kimberly for asking me to minister this morning. I believe we're going to have a great time in the Word this morning. Praise God. It's great to be in church, isn't it? Yes, sir. Amen. It's just great seeing all these young people in church this morning as well. You know, it's just, it's just when that song was being played... Um, this morning, and it was uh, last week as well, whenever that song was being played, that last song about God being so generous. Yes. I tell you, we serve a good God. Yes. Amen. And I was just thinking about the young people. Um, and I tell you, serve God from your young. Amen. I tell you, God is a good God. God will look after you all the days of your life. You'll never regret serving God. Never. I'm telling you, God will be so good to you. All the days of your life. To have God with you all the days of your life. You know what? David served God from he was young. And seen the goodness of God in his life. David had times in his life where it was difficult. But he said, I would have given up. But I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I'm telling you, when you've God with you every day. I'm telling you, you will see the goodness of God in your life. You'll never regret serving God. And um, you know what, I, I know, like, I, I got saved at 19 years of age, but I was in church, I was in church from a child, but I really got turned on to the things of God. I gave my life to the Lord at 19 years of age. I may have earlier, but I never really, I was just, I think I was more afraid to go to hell than anything else, you know, as a child. I just wanted to make sure that I had that sorted out, my fire insurance sorted out kind of a thing. But at 19 years of age, it wasn't that, it was I just needed, I needed Jesus in my life. And I give him everything. And I'm telling you, I, I, I couldn't live my life without him. Because I tell you, having him every day in your life, there's nothing like it. And so praise God, it's good to be in church. Amen. And um, serving Jesus. Praise God. Amen. And it's great just to see what God's doing here. It's great to see, you know, um, it's great to see a church with the sound of faith in it. Amen. You know, and I, I know from myself and, and Donna, you know, I, I don't know how to describe certain things sometimes, you know, how to pinpoint things, you know, whenever you, you go into certain places or whatever, but I know whenever I go in and I hear the sound of faith, and when you hear the sound of faith, that's like home to me. You, you know what I mean? You know, like every house has an atmosphere. You know, your house has an atmosphere. You know what it's like when you go into somebody else's house and there's maybe a different atmosphere? You ever go into somebody's house and you know you've just walked in on a row? <laughs> you may not have been there for the row, but I'm telling you, you know there was a row. You feel it. When you walk in, there's just tension everywhere. It's like the off-air cup of tea. I just had one. <laughs> You're hoping your phone rings. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. You just phone and say, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, an emergency. Yeah, I'll be there. It could have been somebody else, but you know what? You know you want to get out of that place, but you know what? But you know when you hear the sound of faith. And you know what? For a believer, the sound of faith is a sound of home. Because the just shall live by faith. Amen. And so praise God. You know what? I, I, just, I just love being in a place where, where you can talk about all things that are possible and nobody, nobody looks at you strange. 
Amen. You can talk about miracles and nobody looks at you strange. You can talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost and nobody looks at you strange. You can talk about laying hands on the sick and nobody looks at you strange. Amen. That's a sound of faith. So praise God. It's good to be in a church where there's faith. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's good to see Claire here this morning. Claire's Nadine's sister. And Claire had a tremendous miracle. Praise God. Claire, Claire was... was as close to death as you could get. But let me tell you, she's sitting here today. Why? Because she's seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. And a, a mighty woman of faith. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Amen. And it's good to see everybody else as well. <laughs> Praise God. Well, amen. Let me just pray and we'll, we'll get into what I'm going to share on this morning. Lord, we just love you this morning. Lord, we just thank you, Lord God, that every time we come together, you're already here, Lord God. We don't have to pray and ask you to be here, Lord. You're already here, Lord God. But we avail of you this morning. And Lord, we're here to receive from you this morning. We just thank you for the Holy Ghost having his way in this service, Lord God, as he already has been having his way. But Lord, I just thank you that by the Spirit of God that you minister to every heart this morning, Lord, that we'll leave this morning knowing that we've had an encounter with the living God. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to share something this morning for, for a bit. I'm going, to, I'm going to share this morning on the spirit of fear versus the spirit of faith. And, um, you know, it's important for us to stay in faith. In the world that we're in at the minute, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's full of fear. You know, I, I've never seen as much fear personally. Now, people in their own everyday, you know, um, maybe not their own everyday life, but people in life at certain times can, can face situations that can, can, can bring a lot of fear towards you. You know, you, you, I always say, like, you know, where fear, you can smell its breath like it's right there. Many has ever had fear where it's been right there. That's, actually, you go to bed at night, it's there. You wake up in the morning, it's there. You get up halfway through the night to go to the toilet, it's there. You know what I mean? It's just always there in your face. Now, people can have those situations in life, but I'm telling you, on a, on a global scale, I have not seen as much fear in, in, in my life anyway. And I'm sure for all of us, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. Periodically, there's been things. But you know what? To see fear just rampant in society, to see walking down the street and people nearly jump into a car coming towards them to get out of your way, People walking past you like this. You know, I was out the other night and there was, a, there was a guy driving a bike. I mean, in Black Rock, there was nobody about. I was walking the coastal line. He's driving a bike with a mask on. I'm thinking, how do you, you know what? You, you have to be full of fear to be driving a bike on a coastal line where there is nobody. I mean, I didn't, I think I passed maybe three people on the whole time I walked. And here's a guy coming with a mask and the whole lot. And I, you know, and I'm not criticizing anybody for, for people do whatever they do. I'm just saying fear is everywhere. It is all around. And the reason being is because, you know, it's the coronavirus and all of that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, it's just we live in a broken world. And when you live in a broken world, you need God with you every day of your life. You need God in your world. You need God every day of your life. You know, I can remember even as a child, I can remember um, we, were, we were driving somewhere and um, Tyler was just a wee boy at the time and 
And we were, he, he was, i tell you how small he was. He, he, he was just coming out of the Papa Pig phase, okay? <laughs> so he was, he was small. Um, but I can remember him trying to explain something to us in the car one day when we were driving. And he was saying, he just kept saying, it's not like Papa Pig. And we were going, what do you mean, son? It's just, it's not like Papa Pig. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not like Papa Pig? Just, it's not like it. It's just not, and I got down to talking to him. I said, are you trying to say that the, that the real world is not like Papa Pig? And he says, that's what I'm saying, Daddy. It's not like Papa Pig. Now, in his, his words, he was trying to say, like in Papa Pig, everything's all bubbly and oh, Daddy Pig and all of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And everything's all bubbly. And what he was trying to say is, Daddy, the world, there's a lot of bad things in it. There's a lot of bad people in the world. There's things that aren't right in the world. And it was just like the light was going on where he was realizing we don't live in a perfect world. Let me tell you, we don't live in a perfect world. You know what? People talk about, you know, there's a crisis. Let me tell you, there's a crisis going on every day in life apart from the coronavirus. You need faith every day of your life. People saying we're living in a crisis. Let me tell you, there's, there's greater crisis going on in the world than the coronavirus. Amen? Let me tell you, I'm not afraid of the coronavirus one bit. I face things bigger than it. Amen? I'm not afraid of it. I'm not living in fear of it. I know what it's like to have fear try to get a grip of your life. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to wrestle with it. I know what it's like to get up in the morning as I say, and it's there, and to fight that throughout the day and it's a battle it's a battle of faith to where when when a thought comes you are to take that captive immediately i know what that fight is like i know that fight i i i've been there i'm not afraid of this i'm not afraid of something that is less than one percent that has such a high you know um um recovery rate and a very low percentage of death worldwide, I'm personally not afraid of it. Amen? I'm not living in fear. I'm not going to live my life. I've, I've had fear try to grip, and the moment you let fear into your life and it grips you, I'm telling you, it'll do more damage than that coronavirus that's out there. It'll stop you living your life. It'll stop you living every day of your life. Let me tell you, the, 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 the faith walk, there's a fight of faith. And it's not fighting for you to win something that Jesus done. It's for you to keep yourself in that place of faith based on what Jesus done. To where you keep bringing every, every thought captive back to the obedience of Christ. What did Jesus do for you? When a thought comes opposite, you have to arrest that thing and say, No, you're not going to have dominance in my life. I'm taking you captive in my life. You're, you're on your way to prison. But I'll tell you what's going to run free in my mind. What's going to run free in my mind is what Jesus done for me. Amen. And so fear, fear will control you if you, if you allow it in. It has a crippling effect to it. I always say fear is like, is like venom in a snake. It, it goes for your nervous system. When a snake bites, it'll shut you down. And I'm telling you, fear does the same thing and it stops you from living. Amen. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, if, if someone's in a place where where you're at in your faith is that you need to do certain things, well then don't you step out and try and live in somebody else's faith, okay? 
You just get in the Word and let God work on you. Don't try and live on somebody else's faith. But I tell you, go to the place where we all get faith and not as the Word of God. Amen? And so, it's so important for us to stay in a place of faith at this time, every t- all times. But I, I tell you, there are times when it's like the pressure is greater. And at those times, you need to know that you're in a place of faith. Amen? We should always be, we should be always in a place of getting the Word in us. Amen? But I'm telling you, when the pressure's on, you, you, you have to, there's times where you just have to stay focused. Amen? Stay focused on, on what God says. Amen? And I'm telling you, you see, when the pressure is coming at you constantly and constantly and constantly, and it's every conversation, wherever you go, you see it, you see signs for it. You know, you get in your car, you, if you put the radio on, don't, don't remember last time, put the radio on, but you know what, there's advertisements come. You know, you go on Facebook and there's advertisements come. You look something up. If, if I've looked stuff up on YouTube, you, um, you know, you'll get an advertisement that'll come up for coronavirus. I personally, it's not that my head is in the sand of what's going on, but I am not going to feed on the coronavirus because I tell you, just, just living at the minute, it's around us enough. Our job is to stay in faith as believers. Amen? Now, the Bible lets us know in, um, in, in Romans chapter 10, it lets us know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? Faith comes by how? Hearing. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. It, it, it talks to the verse just before that. It talks about you know, believe in the gospel, obey in the gospel, which is believe in the report of the Lord. So when you obey the gospel, how do you obey the gospel? You obey the gospel by believing. Amen? So when you believe what the Word says, you know what, you're, in, you're obeying. That's our obedience. It's a, our obedience is one of a faith response to where God says something, I believe it. That's obeying the gospel. Amen? God, if you said it, I believe it. I don't care what it looks like. Okay, But the Bible says that to get to that place of faith, faith comes by hearing. And what? Hearing. We often say it. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Amen? It doesn't come by having heard. Just because you heard something doesn't mean to say you're in faith. Faith, faith is not something either that you work up. You don't have to work up faith. You don't have to try, I'm getting in faith. No, get in the Word. Faith will get in you. Amen. People are trying to work faith up. No, get in the Word. You go to the source. Where does it come from? Now, I know we have the mechanism to believe on the inside of us, but if you want to stay in that place where you believe, how does that come? It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing continually. Amen? Now, when you understand something about faith and fear, faith and fear are like two polar opposites, okay? They're like the polar opposites of, like, so to speak, the same stick, okay? So if you are not going towards faith, I can promise you you are going towards fear, okay? There, it's, it's belief. Fear is belief. And so is faith in what God says. So if you're going towards faith, the reason you're going that direction where faith is always coming to you 
It's because you stay in a place where you hear what God says. Amen? The moment you stop hearing what God says, there's enough negativity in this world for you to start going the direction of fear. How does fear come? Fear comes by hearing as well, is the point that I'm trying to bring out of this. Okay? Faith comes by hearing, but so does fear. Amen? So, Fear doesn't come by having heard. How many have heard a lot about the coronavirus? Look, every one of us have. But fear doesn't come because you heard about it. Faith comes because you continually hear about it. Fear and fear in the coronavirus, you understand? Or anything, any problem in life. So fear comes by continually hearing the negative. Amen? Faith comes by continually hearing what God says. And how many of you know the voice of God and the voice of Satan or the voice of fear are opposite? They're complete opposites. That's why when you hear what God says, many times it goes totally contrary to everything that, that's going on. It is totally opposite to everything that's going on. But let me tell you, you keep hearing it until you believe what God says. Amen. So, we can either be going towards fear or going towards faith. Now, we need to stay in faith. But I'm just saying that you're in that direction. This is the direction you're heading in life. Or you could put it this way. When, you, when you're in the word, faith is coming at you. Okay? You could put it that way as well. So, we can't avoid everything that we hear in life. But you can choose what you feed on. Amen. And what you are drip-fed day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, is bringing either faith or it's bringing fear. One or the other. Amen. And if fear is attacking you, that's where you have to stay in that place of faith because this may be coming at you bombarding, especially when in certain situations in life. I know I was in a situation in life where it was just, it was there, constant. And I'm sure we've all been there. In morning, noon, and night. Like, I remember going to America, and we went for the um, holiday of a lifetime kind of a thing to Disney World, and I just had fear the whole way over there. And it wasn't that I wasn't fighting it. It was just it was so strong. And I can remember laying in bed that night in Florida, and we were about to go and see, um, you know, Mickey Mouse and all the rest of it the next day. And I needed to get that fear out of my life because I had to give Mickey Mouse a kicking because I was in a fight and I was just annoyed and agitated. But it wasn't that I wasn't in the Word. I was in the Word. You understand? But I, I just ask God to minister directly to me. There's always a Word that'll break whatever is coming against you. Amen? Now, the, the Word for me at that time was Psalms 91, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And I, I read the word dwell. I actually asked God, God, show me where to go. And he spoke to me to go to Psalms 91. I read the first verse and I looked it up and I had it on my um, Strong's Concordance. I had the Bible of Strong's there. And I was just looking up the words as it was going along. And when I read dwell and I looked it up, it said sit down. And it just broke. I knew I had to take my place in what Jesus had done for me. And I, I, I was raging on the inside with just constant, it was like a raging sea. But I just knew I needed to sit down. But it was one word from God that, that just broke that. I, 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 I needed it. I needed a word in season. And I'm telling you, there's always a word that'll break fear in your life. Amen? 
It's always a word. And it comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, let me just look over in um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 for a moment here. Praise God. But you have, to, you have to always say, when fear attacks you, you have to attack it. Because yes. it will attack. Amen. But you have to attack it. And we'll see a bit about how to do that as we go along here. But look here in um, 2 Timothy 1. And Paul's just after been talking to Timothy. You know, he's, he's facing difficulties. He's been in uh, tears. Sometimes you face situations that can bring you to tears. Um, that's been, the pressure is on. Um, but, but Paul starts to remind Timothy of the faith that's in his family. And starts to remind him of that. Start, you, you know, you, when you remember, don't remember, as uh, Pastor Ram was saying this morning, don't remember your past with all of the stuff for accusation to come into your life from the enemy. When you remember, as a believer, you go back, you remember all the good things God has done for you, all the things He's taken you free from. And if you use your testimony, use it to help uh, minister to someone to see them set free, not to live there. Amen. For, for that to control our lives. Let me tell you, as a believer, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But anyway, here's 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. It says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. You know, you can... Nah, I'm going to keep moving. I'll be distracted there. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us... Look at that. God, look at that. God has not given us. Praise God. You need to know what God gives you. You need to know what comes from God and what comes from the enemy. Very simple. For, you know, if it kills, steals, and destroys from you, it's not from God. Amen. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. People get into these things, oh, I think God's doing something. If you get on side with the Word, you'll find out God is doing something. He's trying to get you out of it. That's right. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I think God's working out some big sovereign plan in my life. And so people start accepting everything that the devil throws at them. And just, allow, just come in, devil, just wreak havoc in my life. And I'll just stand here and just let you destroy me. No, Paul said, God has not given. Amen. God has not given us, look at that, a spirit of fear. When fear comes, mark it, it doesn't come from God. Amen. Anything is trying to cripple you from living. But I'm not going to stop living. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. I say... I'm not going to stop living. I'm going to live my life. Do you know what? If you go by everything that goes on, you'll never fulfill what God has for you to fulfill in life. Amen? I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live it. Let me tell you, I was this close to it ending. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live my life for Jesus. Amen? And I'll tell you something else. I'm going to live a long life. Amen? And I'm going to see the power of God in my life. 
Amen. And I'm going to take every day of my life to, to, uh, to make the devil pay for what he did coming against me. And I'm not going to stop telling people about Jesus. And I'm going to live for him every day of my life. Amen. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, or the word there, fear, could be timidity. Timidity will make you run. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But look at that, but of power, love, and what? A sound mind. Now, when it says here, a spirit of fear, let me just say this here. All fear does come from Satan's side of the camp, okay? Faith is coming from here, okay? But when you talk about a spirit, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually a demonic thing, yet Satan is involved, I can promise you that, okay? But I'll show you this when we look at a spirit of faith as well. But a spirit, spirit can mean, you know, um, like demonic, but it can also mean an attitude. So a, a spirit of something is when you take on the attitude of it, where it becomes part of you, okay? Now, We've often heard it said, you know, in, in, in the theater, the spirit of the theater is the show must go on. That's the spirit. It's not demonic, okay? But I, I, I'm letting you know here, fear comes from Satan's side of the camp, okay? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but I'm telling you, Satan, he uses all of that. But a spirit of fear is when you take on the attitude of fear, it becomes your life, Okay? It becomes everything about you. Now, as I said, the, the spirit of the theater is the show must go on. Do you know that's an attitude in the theater? That's the whole spirit of the theater. So what a matter if somebody gets sick, somebody else has to take that role. And the show must go on, okay? Um, in the Marines, what do you have the saying there? Once a Marine... Always a Marine. Do you know that's, that's the spirit? When you get in the Marine Corps, you take that attitude on where you're going to be a Marine and have a Marine mentality for the rest of your life. Once a Marine, always a Marine. When I was growing up, I always liked Wimbledon Football Club. And one of the reasons I like Wimbledon Football Club is because they beat Liverpool in the FA Cup and I really rejoiced that day. So I always had a soft spot. <laughs> always had a soft spot for, for Wimbledon. But... Um, they had a saying with their team, and that was they were the crazy gang. And if you joined Wimbledon, you couldn't be a serious person. You needed to be part of the crazy gang. They were nuts. You had Vinnie Jones and Dennis Wise and players like that, and they were a crazy bunch of people. But again, it's a spirit that goes with it. Amen? Now, a spirit of fear is when you take on that fear mentality, and it now controls your life. And I'm telling you, I can see it everywhere. People are living in fear. Amen? But I'm telling you, we're not meant to have a spirit of fear. Why? Because Paul is letting Timothy know God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. What has God given us? God has given us a spirit of power, love, and what? A sound mind. Now, when it talks about God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, do you know what power? Do you know the word there for power? Do you know what it is? Dunamis. Do you know what? Sometimes we live our Christian walk like God is a wimp. Like, like the things that go on are bigger than God. Let me tell you, God, God's the one with the power. 
We don't need to live our lives like as if God's, God's feeble. Amen? Like God's puny. Let me tell you, God's a powerful God. You know, when you go and look at, go and just read the things about God in the Scripture and you realize how great our God is. He's a mighty God. He's a wonderful God. We serve a wonderful God. Amen? We serve a God that, that still does miracles. Amen? Yes, amen. He does. Praise God. Do you, you know, you look at Dunamis and you do a word search on it. It's talking about signs and wonders. It's talking about the power of God, the demonstration of God, the manifestation of God. Let me tell you, God is a powerful God. You know what? You, you get into fear when you stop reminding yourself of how great our God is. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God to whom nothing is too difficult and nothing is too hard. Amen? And then it says here of love. You may know the Bible says faith works by love. Now, I heard a taught my whole my whole Christian walk that, you know, when you talk about faith works by love, I heard a talk just on the angle of that, you know what, we need to walk in love so that faith will work in our lives. And, and that's an aspect of it because, man, you know, it's very hard, even in prayer, man, you know, it's hard to go in and, and pray when you're just after having a row. It's just, it's just there. It's in the back of you. Now, technically, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can walk in there in faith and receive from God. But practically in life, many times it's very hard to do it. Many of you know, many know it's hard after you've had, or if, you're, you've, you've, if you have um, offense in your heart or strife or bitterness. You know what, you know you're praying and you're quoting and all of these kind of things. And it's just that they're in the back of your mind and you, you can feel like a real hypocrite. And so what happens is the Bible lets us know it's not on God's end. It's not that God standing with you know, his hands folded and saying you're not getting anything. It's on our end. Our heart condemns us. And it's that condemnation that on our end where we just feel condemned, we just feel like a phony and we're, just, we're saying the right words. But on the back of our head, we're still thinking, you know what, I'm just after having a row. So I'm not even in the right place to pray. Has any of you ever been in, where you, have, you haven't even been in the right... <laughs> many of you even going to church... Sometimes you haven't even felt in the right place. Have you, you feel, I'm not going there, I'm a hypocrite. Let me tell you, when you go to church, you don't go to church because of how good you are. You go to find out how good he is. Yes. Amen. You go, to work, you, go to, you go to get your eyes on Jesus. When you get your eyes on Jesus, let me tell you, even if there's things in your life, offense or problems or whatever, when you get your eyes on Jesus, what happens is you realize how good He is, and He ministers to you and gives you the love and the strength to even go and forgive your brother or your sister. And it's a trap, you know, of the enemy to prevent us from coming to the house of God. But anyway, but you know what? I, I know for me what really set me free and changed my Christian walk is when I started to live out of not my love for God, but God's love for me. Amen? Not my love for people, but God's love for people. Because it's very hard to love people with your love. It's very limited. So you have to go back to the source of it. And I found this, that faith 
works by love. And the greatest manifestation that I can see in that in the Word of God is when you realize how much He loves you, faith is just there. Amen? It's just there. When you realize that God, you know, it's like He feeds the birds, He clothes the lilies, and then you realize, God, if you can do that for the birds and you can do that for the plants, God, you'll look after me. Yeah? You know what that is? You were, you're aware God loves you. And when you know how much God loves you, you know what happens is faith is there. You realize, God, everything's okay. What's Paul doing here with Timothy? He's telling him, our God's a powerful God. Timothy, God loves you. You know, God loves you in every aspect of your life, everything in your life. Every, I'm not saying he loves if you're in sin. I'm talking about he wants, he wants you to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. He loves you. He's deposited things in you, and you have to get the awareness that, you know, God loves me. Amen? God, you love me. Instead of listening, it's just what you're saying again this morning, the accusations, start listening to the voice of your father who's letting you know I love you today. You're my child. You know what? Do you think if I care for the birds that I won't care for you? I love you. You're mine. You belong to me. Let me tell you, we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. We are not our own. We have been bought with the most valuable substance in the universe. Let me tell you, you are precious. Amen? I tell you, God loves me. Can you say that about you this morning? God loves you. you know, sometimes people open their eyes and think, you know what, you know, how could God love me? Don't even try and figure it out. Just accept it and receive it. Sometimes we stand in the mirror and we look at all our faults. And you know where we have memory of all of our mistakes and all the things and we think, God, how on earth could you? And we focus on the negative. And you know what, instead of allowing God's love to minister to us so that faith then can come, you know, it's His love ministering to us. How do we know that? Through the Word. You are to know the love of God. How do you know it? You don't know it by feelings. You know it because the Word says it. And I don't care why I feel like it or not. God loves me. Amen? And God loves you. And I'll tell you something else. His love is not based on how good you are. His love is based on His nature. And God is love. Amen? Now, when you know how much God loves you, then the Bible says we love Him because He first loved us. And when you have that love of God working in you, you realize God loves people. And then the things that you know people do to you, they're not that big of a deal because you realize in your mess, God loves you. So it gives you the ability to love people in their mess. And there's a, there's a real flow there of ministering to people instead of sitting here and I, I don't even like myself, but I'm to love people. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you how I feel. You know, I don't even like myself. I'm beating myself up. I'm condemned. So then we condemn each other because we're condemned. We feel condemned, so we condemn others. But I'm telling you, when you realize that God loves you, no matter what position you're in at this present moment in time, God loves you. And when you let His love in, His love will mess you up. And you'll end up living for Him more than you ever did before. And the love that you received, you end up giving to people. Amen. I found this work in my home, and I became my marriage. I always had a good marriage, but you know what? It's got, it's got better. And my marriage is like heaven on earth. You know, I'm not saying it's always perfect, but I'm telling you, we've great times in our marriage. You know why? Because I'm, I've learned, and Donna has learned, that we don't give each other what we deserve. 
We've learned to love each other. With, with, I'm not trying to fix her and she's not trying to fix me. I mean, I've learned to let God minister to me and she's letting God minister to her. And God's fixing the both of us in the areas. Amen? And we, we, we're, and we're, we're not perfect. But I tell you what, it's working far better. And we did have a good marriage. But you know what? I, I'd always be trying to fix her and she'd always be trying to fix me. And that's what we do many times in marriage because you know what? We see the faults sometimes and you know and, and, and it's just, you know what it is? It's because we're looking at faults all the time. Now we see the faults in ourselves and then when we condemn someone, we condemn ourselves at the same time and there's just abundance of condemnation. But I'm telling you, when you start realizing God loves you and God, I'm a work in progress and you'll work on me every day and you can be so open instead of being a phony with God trying to be perfect, you can come with your imperfections and say, God, these areas of my life, God, I'm dealing with this, God, but I'm coming to you, God, speak to me. And your, your relationship becomes very open with God and you realize God ministers into your life and into your family and into every area of your life. You end up talking about things different. You're not talking about it from a judgmental point of view. You actually can become open with each other and say, honey, I don't think I'm doing too well in this area. And it becomes, the relationship becomes so much better because we're not trying to finger point at each other. We actually start talking. God, imagine you can actually talk in a relationship without fighting and just pointing out the faults. Amen. And the love of God just starts coming in. What's Timothy doing, Paul? The, the mirror, he's getting him in a place of love. Because when you know, or Paul with Timothy, when you know how much God loves you, fear starts to go. Let me tell you, God cares for you and cares for your family, cares for your kids. Amen. When you face situations, God cares for you in it. Amen. You start, I, I can remember we were in a situation where it was so overwhelming. Actually, we were driving home. I'd just been preaching. And you know what? Many times you just get up and you preach what the Word says. You believe what the Word says. You preach it. But then when you say amen, it's like the, the, everything's still there. All the problems are still in front of you. You know what I mean? And I can remember going home and I stood out in the, in the, in the driveway. And if you'd have seen me that night, you'd have thought I was nuts. Because I'm speaking out loud. <laughs> have you ever been in a place where you don't give a stuff what people think? You know, I, I'm speaking out loud. And what I'm doing is I'm looking up in the sky and it's a clear sky. And I'm just looking, I'm going, God, have you put all of that up there? This is nothing, God. And you love me more than the stars. God, you love me. You know, what are you doing? You're becoming conscious of God's love for you. Amen. I'll tell you something else here, a sound mind. You will have people that will tell you when you quote the word of God that you're out of your mind. <laughs> have you been there? You're nuts. Get your head out of the sand. You're in denial. Yeah. When you are saying what God says about your life, you're in your sound mind. Amen. That's being in a sound mind. That is a sound mind. Amen. See, we're the, we're, our mind's out of whack. We have to renew our mind so that we can have a sound mind. So Paul's telling Timothy, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. When fear comes, <laughs> all rationale goes out the window. Like at the start of the coronavirus, people were buying 100, 100 rolls of toilet roll in one go. 
I don't know what kind of curry they're eating, but I don't eat that kind of curry. <laughs> You know what I mean? People, you know, are stocking up and everything like as if we're, you know, it's just fear. It's like I heard one time, you know, I heard somebody say one time, you know, you have, you have people, you see it on Christian TV many times, they nearly want you to build a bunker under your house and they want you to get all of the food and all the dry food that's going to do you for like the next 10 years because we're going through the tribulation. I'm not going through a tribulation. I'm going to eat well. I'm not eating... I'm not eating something made with hot water for, you know. <laughs> I think I'll stick with steak and all of that kind of stuff anyway. But you know what? It's like I heard one preacher say, you don't want to be the person walling the food. Your, your house is going to be the target. Everybody's going to come and rob from you. <laughs> you have a bunker. Everybody will be at your house eating all of your dry food. You know, you see us on TV as well. Like, you know, you see people. And what it is, it's, it's ministering fear. It's just ministering fear. It's fear, 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 fear. And <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't think that's where we're meant to live. How about you? I'm not living there. Amen? Now, we, we, we have a sound mind. When you, when you have a sound mind, it's because your mind has been renewed with the Word of God. How many of you know it's not, it's not um, odd or strange when you have nothing to say, I'm telling you, I'm prosperous? That's not odd. When you're sick to say I'm healed. That's God's. That's the way God's kingdom works. Because you have to say it before you see it in God's kingdom. Amen. It is a reality, but you have to say it before you see it. That's God's kingdom. That's how God's kingdom works. God, I thank you. I'm blessed. People are looking to see you. I'm a blessed. They're looking at their, 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 their bank balance on the, the phone now. You, know, you can go on phone now and look at your, look at your bank balance. I'm not blessed. No, go to the Word. You're blessed. See, the blessing doesn't mean you're rich. The blessing is what God has said over your life, and there's an empowerment that comes with it. You're not rich, or and not just sometimes when you talk money and say rich, people think you're money-minded. I'm just talking about we are blessed. Amen where you have, as Ryan always ministers, where you have enough to meet your needs and the needs, needs of others. Amen? But the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. It makes rich. It is not the riches. It is what brings it. Amen? So your TV can blow up and you can say, it doesn't matter, I'm still blessed, and it will bring me another one. Amen? Praise God. I tell you, I, I, I'm just holding on to it. I'm blessed. I've seen, I've seen me and Donna when nothing, and uh, something go wrong, but somehow it meets the need. Do you know why? Because I'm blessed. Amen. And I'm not going to say anything else about my life. People say, you're nuts. No, I'm blessed. Amen. You have nothing in the bank. Doesn't matter. I'm blessed. The blessing meets the needs. It makes rich. It is not the riches. It's like saying that, um, it's like saying coal is the heat. No, the coal produces the heat. The blessing produces everything in our lives. Amen. So praise God. Let me, let me just look over here at um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's see what we're, I, I'm going to finish in a minute. 
Praise God. See, that's what happens when you're in a word church, you preach and people receive, which is good. <laughs> See, people, when people agree with what the word says, isn't it a better place to be? Amen. Amen. And time just goes. But I'm going to just finish this. I'm going to talk through, through this here. I'm, I'll just read a couple of verses and we'll, we'll close this morning. But you have to recognize that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Are we being reminded of how awesome our God is? Amen. God's bigger than the coronavirus. So, uh, God's awesome. Amen. So, I'm not going to sing how great is our God. I'm afraid to leave the house. Amen. And people are, people, you know, all of these things, it's just fear. It's better to wear a mask than to wear a ventilator. How about none? Amen. And I know there's people that have been there and all the rest of it, and if anyone is in that situation, then you, you have to get into faith. Amen. But it's all these sins that are full of fear. I'm just going to stick with what God says. Amen? Now, when you look at the spirit of faith, it's the verse, the main verse that's brought out for it. You can look at faith all through the Bible, but the main verse that's brought out, out for it is in, in 2 um, Corinthians chapter 4. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it starts off there, and really what it's given is it gives a run into this. And you need to know why when problems come against you in life, why they come. So if you face situations of fear, you need to know why they come, especially as a believer that has turned on to Jesus. In um, 2 um, Corinthians chapter 3, it starts there talking about, Paul's talking about, you know, um, their, their um, living epistles. And he's talking about how that the ministry that Paul has has affected their lives. And it's changed these people. And these people are living testimonies everywhere they go of the power of God, of the life of God. How that these people come out of heathenism and, you know, on all different types of lifestyles and the power of God changed them. And Paul's just saying, you're a living testimony. Everywhere you go, people is reading you. Like Melton said the other night, people, people's lives, some people, you know, the only Bible they'll see is, is the Bible that's walking around. What's living it out in their lives? Not what you said, Melvin. Um, I'm trying to think, you listen to that much stuff in a week, but I'm you're sure Melvin said that the other night. And, and that's what it is to be a living epistle. And Paul's saying, it's not that we're sufficient of ourselves. It's not us that's changed you. It's God using us. God using people like us. God will use you to, to see somebody's life change. And Paul starts saying, you know what? We're ministers of the New Testament, not of the Old Testament. We're not bringing condemnation and all of those kind of things. We bring life to people. And when you get life, your life changes and so when you realize who you are in Christ Jesus and you realize that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your life begins to change. And Paul gets down and he starts talking about how we truly change is we change by beholding Jesus. When you see Jesus, you go from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And what he's doing is he's just, he's just talking about a changed life, okay? Then he comes into chapter Four, and he's, he's talking about, you know what, we don't handle the Word of God deceitfully. We have this message 
We're bringing it to the world, okay? And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, this gospel that changes people's lives. We have it. It's living. Amen? And Paul's saying, we have this living on the inside of us, and we're bringing the gospel to our generation. And then you start seeing that this gospel will change people's lives. And so what Satan is trying to do is to stop people from hearing the gospel. Amen? And that's what's going on in the world at this present moment in time. He's trying to stop people from hearing the gospel. That's what he's trying to shut down. He's trying to stop the gospel from going forth. Why? Because the gospel is the only thing that changes a person's life. It's the power of God unto salvation. So Paul said, it's not that we're anything special. We're earthen pots, but we have this treasure in an earthen pot, and we're bringing it to the gospel, and Jesus is being seen. So he's saying, as we look to Jesus Life comes in us, and what, what happens is we bring that life to the world. So he's saying, we're not bringing rules to the world. We're bringing life. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And you want to change and stay full of Jesus and have Jesus' life in you, living in you, living in your life every day of your life. You don't get in a rule book. You get before Jesus, and you let him change you from the inside out. And that life starts oozing out of your pores everywhere you go. You're living. Amen. The Christian walk is not a bunch of rules that we conform to. It's a transformation that comes on the inside of us and it comes out of us to our world. And Paul's saying we have this life everywhere we go. And he goes on to say, we may be, it may look like we're dying, but I'm telling you, it may look like pressure comes against us and all hell comes against us. But I'm telling you, in every situation, you'll see the life of God in that situation. Amen. You'll see the life of God. You'll see God ministering to people. And that's what's under attack here. And Paul makes this statement. He says, we are, we are troubled on every side. Why do you think he's troubled on every side? Because of what he has. Amen. When you have life in you, the devil doesn't want that to get out and change a generation. So what he does is he brings pressure. So there's trouble on every side. And then it says, yet we are not distressed. You can have pressure coming at you from the outside, yet on the inside, distress, not distress, means there's plenty of room on the inside. It's like all pressure is coming against me, but I'm at ease on the inside. Amen? We are perplexed. It looks like there's no way out, but not in despair. That means we're not utterly at a loss. It looks like it's over, but somehow the show just keeps going on. Amen? Looks like it's gone, done and dusted, but it's not done and dusted. Persecuted, but not forsaken. I'm telling you, no matter what you face in life, you will never be forsaken by God. Amen? He will never abandon you. He is with you. That's why even when the persecution's on, the pressure, you start rejoicing and saying, God, you're with me. Oh, God, you are with me. I thank you, Lord, that you are with me right now, right here, right now. Amen? Amen. Cast down. Cast down. It literally means WWE style. Up. Boom to the mat. Knock down. But the Bible says, knock down, but not destroyed. Amen? No, that, that's talking about they're knocked out, but not knocked down, but not knocked out. Amen. Amen. How was Paul able to live like this? Because he was in that place of faith. Amen. And that's why it says in verse 13, it says, We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I what? Spoken. Amen. I believe. Therefore have I spoken. Look at that. We also believe and therefore speak. What's the spirit of faith? The spirit of faith is when the word gets in you so much that you start believing it. 
And it doesn't matter what comes against you. You keep speaking what God says. Amen? Amen. You see, the spirit of faith, it's an attitude to where I don't care what it looks like, here's what God says. Amen? See, a spirit of fear is, it's coming. Spirit of fear is, you know what? No way out. You just speak the fears. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? The mouth. And so fear comes out of the mouth. What's the spirit of faith? Spirit of faith is when it gets in you so much that it doesn't matter what comes against you. You say, that comes in, that's trying to stop me. You will not stop me. You think, you, you hear it? A spirit of faith, you hear it. Amen? I'm telling you, when, you get, when faith comes, I'll tell you, it shows up here. That's where it shows up. See, when fear comes, you know where it shows up? Here. What's the spirit of faith? Spirit of faith is when the word gets in you so much that it changes your whole attitude of life to where you sound different. Amen. I believe it. Therefore, I speak. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Looks like it's over. Praise God. It's only the beginning. God, you're working all things together for my good. Amen. Oh, we had great times in God before. And let me tell you, we're going to have greater times in God. Amen? Amen. See, the spirit of faith is different. Amen? Praise God. No, I, I'd love us to finish with that song that we started, or what we were singing there, about God being generous. Mm. Amen? Even a part of it. Is that okay? Is everybody here? Yes. Cynthia's here. I'm looking around. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But you know, if, you're in, if you have fear in your life, I'm telling you, this would be a great opportunity for you to start to get rid of it. Amen? And I'll tell you, one of the best ways to get rid of it is after you hear the word, is to start speaking it. Amen? Just start speaking it out of your mouth. If there's anything that you're, you've been dealing with in fear... You tell you, why not just release it? You know, the Bible says to cast all your care on him because he, well, he cares for you. You see, that's love. He cares for you. You know how much he cares for you. You can cast it to him. Say, God, I'm facing this situation, but God, I know you love me. Amen? Amen. Praise and worship is a wonderful place to release things. Amen? Praise God. And do you know what? I just encourage you, let's all stand this morning. Praise God. And the reason I, uh, I asked for the worship to come up is because I, I believe some of, some of you here this morning need to do, just need to, to do some business between you and God. And when the, the music's playing, nobody else can hear you. Amen. But you know what? Speak out what God says about your life. Amen. That's how we live as believers. We live by believing and speaking. The just shall live by faith. It's not, it's not abnormal for a Christian to say what God says about their life. That's a sound mind. Amen? So praise God. I'm going to finish and I'm going to hand back to Pastor Ryan. But I just believe that we just need to, to do that this morning.
and just speak out. Just speak out what God says about your life. Speak out what God says about your family. Some of you, maybe you're, you're in a situation where family is going one direction. Let me tell you, start speaking God into that situation. Amen? Speak God's word over your, over your uh, you know, so it's like with my, with my kids and my wife, you know what? I speak, my, I speak God's word. It's better than speaking, you know, negative. Speak God's word over your wife, over your, your, your husband. Speak, speak God's word over your kids. Amen? Over your finances. Over every area of your life, God, here's what you say. God, I'm blessed. Amen? God, I'm blessed. In a situation, God, you make a way where there is no way, God. Amen? God, it looks like a, a, my peace is gone, but you know what? I look to you, God. You're my peace. Amen? You're my peace. I thank you I have peace like a river. I thank you I have peace in the midst of the storm. God, you're my joy. It looks like joy is gone. But I speak to that joy on the inside, and I command that joy to bubble up. Amen? I thank you, God, for joy. Woo! And then you start to rejoice. Amen? You know, so people think, you know, that's play. I'm telling you, I've been, I've been in places where I've, it looked like the joy monitor was down at the bottom. But I just got into the presence of God and spoke to that whale on the inside of me. God, I thank you there's joy in here. And I command that to bubble up on the inside of me. And joy comes. Amen. Of no strength, Lord, you're the strength of my life. I feel like I'm zapped as a believer. Well, tell me, I'm going I'm to encourage myself and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and build myself up on my most holy faith. Amen. So praise God. Amen. God bless. Amen.
Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. You are an awesome God. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for that spirit of faith you've placed on the inside of each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are not yielding unto a spirit of fear, but we're yielding unto your spirit. We're yielding unto your word. We're yielding unto your goodness. Father, we thank you as we walk out of these doors today. Lord, we mind our mouths. Lord, that life comes out of our mouths. Mm. Lord, that we become, that we begin to walk in and become the blessing under this nation, under this town, under our communities, under the world that you've called each and every one of us to be, Lord. And as a tradition of our church, Lord, we stand here on Psalms 91. It says, no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, if you give your angels, you give them charge over us, Lord, because you love us. And I thank you for that revelation of that very verse that we just spoke right there. It comes as we dwell in your secret place. As we get committed, as we get to be a people that, that seek your face over any other thing in this world. We'll come to realization that we are protected on the motorways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, Lord, even the walkways as we walk down the street, Lord, we thank you for, for windows of opportunities where we can speak your word, we can speak life into someone. Lord, we thank you for words of wisdom, words of knowledge to boil up out of us, Lord, lead us to pray for people, lead us to bring life into someone else, the very life that you trusted on the inside of us, Lord, we glorify you. We glorify you. We thank you that no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us in any fashion. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for our church. We thank you for our body. We thank you for this family that you've brought together. Lord, we walk in faith and love towards you. And we walk in love towards one another. Lord, thanking you here, Lord, that I, here at the Island Church, we are covered by the blood. We're empowered by your word and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.